The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm trustee and associate pastor Edwin Sproat Sr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XTTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station, KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station, KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station, KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station, KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station, KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station, KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station, KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden and Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station, KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cali for over 95 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and A. to B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn, Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints, wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
We open our program with a song by our church choir under the direction of Amelia Hahn with a number entitled, Can't You Hear What My Lord Said? The choir will be accompanied by Ethan Matsuki on the piano and Pohaku Kordo on the organ. We invite you to sing along with the choir as the words appear on your television screen. Can't you hear? Thank you, choir. The church band under the direction of head pastor Billy Hahn Jr. are ready to play for you the song entitled Each Step of the Way. 
Our soloist for this morning is Amelia Hahn, and she has chosen to sing for the Lord and for you, saints and friends, the wonderful melody entitled, He's Still Working on Me. Amelia will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Amigo on the bass, Mason Asano Sr. and myself on guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. Once again, the church choir will sing for you the melody entitled, Where Could I Go But to the Lord?
Praise the Lord. What a beautiful number. Thank you again, choir. And now I call upon the talents of the Carrillo Ukulele Trio to play the song entitled Glory to His Name. Johanna Carrillo will accompany them on the piano.
The vocal group known as the Saints in Harmony are eagerly awaiting to sing for you the exciting number entitled, The Blood Has Never Lost Its Power. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate today's number to a faithful couple in the Lord, Associate Pastor Stanley and Mrs. Laura Lacadden. Standing and living for Jesus brings joy and happiness to one's heart, making it possible to press on. Jesus is coming soon. That is a promise, and your rewards await you. God bless and strengthen you, Stanley and Laura. In the misty days of yore, Jesus' precious blood had power, he relief upon the cross to save. Like a bird in spirit flies, through his home in paradise, through the power of Calvary's crimson wave. And the precious and stiffed in guilt but the blood for sinner spilled washed away my sins and set me free ask you why brother sinner will you die when such full redemption he provides you have but to look and live life eternal he will give for the power of Calvary still abides and the precious blood has never Save and sanctify. From the wrath to come, now flee. Let your name recorded be with the blood washed and redeemed on high. And the precious blood has never, never lost its Never, never lost his power. 
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in the state, home state, Hawaii. Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church, located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches as services are also conducted by Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Kenneth, Pastor Kenneth M. Alvaro in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter M. Tinloy, I. Tinloy in Hill, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Asano, K.Y. Asano in Koloa, Kauai, and Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Vesper Espera in President Rojas Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Associate Pastor Trustee Edwin Strode Sr who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Edwin? Thank you, Melvin. It has been very heartwarming and a true privilege indeed, receiving your calls, written correspondences, and verbal expressions of deep admiration and esteem for our talented choir, band, orchestra, and various vocal and instrumental groups who diligently participate in the musical portion of our weekly telecasts. 
However, no matter how awesome their performances or presentations may be, remember that paramount and above all else, on these telecasts is the inspiring Word of God. For it not only quenches one's thirst, it is the very staff of life itself and truly food for the hungry soul. Oftentimes, people unwaringly become attached to a preacher, a pastor, a priest, or a minister far, far more than Jesus. This, in my opinion, can lead to unwarranted situations which can result in great personal disappointments such as we have occasionally witnessed in the news media. Man is weak, man fails, but you can be sure Jesus never fails. The star of our weekly telecast, viewers, is certainly Jesus, and you should always hang your laurels upon him. Therefore, with that thought in mind, my sermon today is entitled, Jesus Christ's Plan of Salvation is our birthright. God's righteousness is communicated to the body of Christ, his church, through many different examples given in God's word, which will help us to better understand its truth and significance. The Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples and the multitudes concerning the mysteries of Godness through parables or simple stories to enhance their understanding of the will of God and the importance of doing things God's way. The Lord Jesus Christ also used direct instructions and admonishments with each example to increase our spiritual understanding and to confirm the blessings to be received when we follow God's word to the very letter in our daily lives upon this earth. As born-again Christians, we must employ God's Holy Spirit each and every day to lead and guide us in the path of righteousness that will help us gain the knowledge of the truth only found in Christ Jesus. God's Word reveals many comparisons to the experiences we encounter in our daily lives. And God's Word is a lamp unto our feet when we take the time to study and meditate upon God's word. Therefore, Hebrews 13, 8 denotes Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And the divine nature of the Lord Jesus Christ teaches every man, woman, and child today using the very same principles that were used to teach the children of Israel concerning God's spiritual birthright. Let us now examine the example in Genesis 25, 29 to 34, about two brothers named Jacob and Esau. It reads, And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he sware unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau bartered his future and eternal wealth to satisfy his present and temporary need. 
He had no concern for the spiritual things of God, and so his birthright meant nothing to him. This example displays how Esau chose to sell his birthright for something of far less value. And after realizing his error, he cried with great sorrow and wept bitterly regarding his wrong decision. Genesis 27, 37 and 38 further describes the conversation between Esau and his father Isaac. It reads, And Isaac answered and said unto Esau, Behold, I have made him thy Lord, and all his brethren have I given to him for servants, and with corn and wine have I sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Every man, woman, and child born into this world must claim possession of his or her birthright into the kingdom of God by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ's plan of eternal salvation. Esau's very serious error is a spiritual warning to every man, woman, and child that we too must accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, Master, and Lord today, for tomorrow may be too late. Jacob, Esau's brother, viewed the birthright as a coveted blessing that would bring God's peace, joy, and happiness into his life. Therefore, Jacob's, Jacob cherished blessing is also a spiritual warning to every man, woman, and child to always cherish the salvation of our souls as our greatest possession in this earthly life. Therefore, Hebrews 12, 15 through 17, gives all mankind this grave warning and exhortation. It reads, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. The Bible describes Esau as a fornicator or a profane person. A fornicator can be used in this case to describe the nature of a person who arrogantly disregards the vow and promised a blessing given by the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, to all mankind. The term profane is used to imply in the strongest sense a sinful and unholy attitude or action. Esau therefore did not respect God's blessed birthright and thereby lost his blessing because of his negligence to the holy things of God, literally giving up his promised birthright for a morsel of meat. God's word, the Bible teaches all mankind to heed this very difficult lesson learned so that we too will be able to avoid having to personally experience this same spiritual error 
in our daily lives. And this spiritual lesson is written to highlight the spiritual importance of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ today as our personal Savior, Master, and Lord. Deuteronomy 28, 18, and 19 also describes a person who will not accept the Lord Jesus Christ. It reads, lest there be any among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. And it come to pass when he heareth the words of this curse that that the, he bless himself in his heart, saying, I shall have peace, though I walk in the Im imagination of mine heart, and to drunkenness, to thirst. Every man, woman, and child has the personal responsibility to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, as their personal Savior, Master, and Lord, to establish a spiritual relationship with him and to obtain the God-given promise of eternal life in heaven above. And we must always remember that there is nothing more important in this life than the salvation of our souls to gain our God-given birthright. The prophecies and promises of God foretold that the Lord Jesus Christ would come into this world to open the eyes of the blind, to bring those dwelling in darkness into the light, and to deliver mankind from the power of Satan, and to bring him to God. This promise was fulfilled through the gospel of the kingdom of God, preached by the Lord Jesus Christ on the shores of Galilee. And the gospel good news is, Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and that Jesus is coming soon. On the streets of Jerusalem, there was a man named Nicodemus who came to see the Lord Jesus Christ in the darkness of night. He was a Pharisee and a learned man, so he had to be very careful to not be seen by his peers. However, he believed in his heart that the Lord Jesus Christ was a man sent from God because of the wonderful miracles he performed. Let us join in on their conversation in John 3, 1 through 4. It reads, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? The Lord Jesus Christ responded to Nicodemus and all mankind in John 3, 5 that reads, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The Lord Jesus Christ further concluded in John 3, 6 and 7, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. 
the Lord Jesus Christ instructed Nicodemus and every man, woman, and child to come unto him and accept his mandatory plan of salvation to gain his or her heavenly birthright. In Romans 3, 9 through 12, it denotes, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. And it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Galatians 3.22 also reiterates, But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Our position and status in this life, our families, and even our physical appearance do not count in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing that counts is to accept the plan of salvation preached by the Lord Jesus Christ as the gospel of the kingdom of God to obey God's commandments by being baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ and to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ himself was baptized in the River Jordan as an example for every man, woman, and child to follow. And on the day of Pentecost, the 120 disciples of Jesus Christ who tarried in the upper chamber in Jerusalem were filled with God's Holy Spirit, speaking in God's unknown tongue. Therefore, the multitude of Jews who heard the disciples speak the wonderful works of God in their own native tongues were amazed. And Peter, standing up, boldly preached the gospel to them, which caused this response in Acts 2.37. It reads, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter in Acts 2.38 gave them this God-given answer. Then Peter said unto them, Repent! and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, water baptism is essential to salvation. As confirmed in 1 Peter 3.21, it reads, The like figure unto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water baptism resembles the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we go into the water, when we go under the water, and when we come up out of the water, only then can we begin to walk in newness of life because our sins now have been removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. However, Many today still will not believe the gospel. As confirmed in Luke 7.30, it reads, But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. Yes, dear television viewers, if you have not been baptized by immersion in water, in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins have not been removed from you, and you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. 
In Acts 4.12, it confirms the saving power and authority vested in the name of Jesus Christ. It reads, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And in Mark 16, 15 and through 18, it also declares, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. When we are baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ, we become married to him in baptism. And we put on his family name of Jesus, and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. Healing, casting out devils, speaking with new tongues, taking up serpents, and drinking any deadly thing are all God-given signs that declare to the believer that we are in the true Christian body of Christ, his true church. And in John 7, 37 to 39, it exclaims, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The day of Pentecost identifies a significant role in God's plan of salvation, as described in Luke 24, 49 to 52. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried in, up into heaven, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. As the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, he blessed his disciples as they witnessed his ascension. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was outpoured upon the 120 in the upper chamber in Jerusalem, it formed God's first true church with the Lord Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In Acts 2, 1 through 6 and 12, it denotes the events that occurred on the day of Pentecost. It reads, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man 
heard them speak in his own language. The sound of a rushing mighty wind is used to describe the powerful presence of God's Holy Spirit his disciples heard in the upper chamber in Jerusalem. The disciples were also blessed when cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. Yes, there was a fiery flame, but it did not consume them, similar to the voice of God that spoke to Moses through the burning bush that was not consumed. And this confirms that the only Bible evidence of being filled with God's Holy Spirit occurs when we speak in God's unknown tongue or language. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament also describes Esau's violent and presumptuous heart and his bitter spirit towards the Lord Jesus Christ as an ungodly lifestyle that will continually bring both heartaches and sorrows. And Esau's true feelings were manifested to his father Isaac and mother Rebekah when God put this test upon him. This test highlighted the degree that Esau despised the covenant blessing when he wrongly chose to satisfy his own self-will for something of far less value. God intervened into Isaac's family lineage from the time the boys Esau and Jacob were in their mother's womb, indicating that God's plan would override traditional practices. And in the spiritual lineage to the Lord Jesus Christ, God intervened for the primary purpose of perpetuating righteousness through the line of Abraham that concluded with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. While in the womb, the Lord God spoke to Rebekah saying that the older would serve the younger. At birth, Esau came out first, followed by Jacob, whose hand took hold of Esau's heel, indicating the strength and authority of Jacob. And even unto today, time is running out for every man, woman, and child who has not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And we can all point to our God-given sign above every one of the apostolic faith churches in Hawaii and in the Philippine Islands as God's last warning to the whole world, which reads, Jesus coming soon. Therefore, every man, woman, and child has been warned by the Lord Jesus Christ to be ready to meet him when he comes. And in 1 Corinthians 10, 5 through 12, we have this final exhortation. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, 
as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Time is running out in this present dispensation of grace. And we must all prepare ourselves for the soon coming return of the Lord Jesus Christ in clouds of glory to call up his waiting bride, the church, saying, Come up hither, come up hither, come up hither. If you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in their entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, trustee and associate pastor, Edwin H. Sprout Sr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. In closing our telecast for today, the church band will render for you the anthem entitled, Tis burning in my soul.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.